1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your
0: first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 690 brought to you by Mac Weldon. Use the promo code IFANBOY for 20% off your first order. And IFANBOY listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week episode 690. That's a big round number. Josh and I both realized this week. At at 700, can we change the name of the show? Sure. <laughs> we'll get a branding uh, company on it, and uh, oh, there you go. they will we'll call it like the Pow. What? Ugh.
1: What did Netflix change their name to? Remember
0: that they changed their uh, they rebranded for a day. They rebranded just the the physical side to um, something. I yeah. Can't remember. Was. But yes, it was just the physical discs. They were something else completely dumb. Anyway, I'm Connor Kilpatrick. That's Josh Blanigan. <laughs> so, we have thoughts about Netflix.
1: <laughs> we had a talk about how we weren't going to go off the rails. And that was the
0: soonest and deepest I've ever done it. <laughs> we are, I fan whatever. We read a bunch of comics. Even if it's a holiday in the middle of the week and you got to deal with your kids and your fireworks and your angry neighbors and movies and all kinds of things. We get it done though. We call it the best book we read, the pick of the week. We talk about that book, other books of the week. The patron pick, maybe some listener mail if we have time. We'll try to make some time this week. We'll have fun. And here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show, so there'll be some spoilers. Uh, so caution yourself. And Josh, you had the pick of the week. I did have the pick of the week. Also, I want to add, we get it done, though, Yeah.
1: to uh, to our regular slate of, of, I don't know the word I want to say here. So the old, uh, pick of the week is uh, Old Man Quill, number seven. Which dovetails nicely with a conversation we just had off air, which I just realized as I was saying it out loud. <laughs> that's true about the old man and the gun. Right, so well. maybe that's a thing. Um, um, I was pretty deep into my books this week. It was not a huge week, but I had a respectable little stack. Uh, I don't it know, it depends, well, depends because the Patriot pick changed that for me, but we'll get to that when we get to the bit Sure, pick. that's you made you made a choice. Um, that based on their choice it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I was probably near the end. Of everything I had to read, and I was like, I don't really have a pick yet. And I thought, I thought for a second, I was like, I, I guess it'll be the patron pick, which we'll get mm-hmm. to. Um, for, there's reasons that you could you could say that, but then I started reading Old Man Quill, and uh, for those of you who remember, um, Old Man Hawkeye by the same writer of this, um, Ethan <laughs> Sachs, um, was a was a favorite of ours for a while. Every issue that came out was fun, and every issue that followed was almost more fun than the last one it had a very um, like an improving quality to it and when old man quill came out we both read the first one I don't think you went any further no I didn't um it wasn't quite the same um but over the course of this series we're on issue seven now uh, it's it's it really has it's not it's not as good it's not it's not the same thing but I also have a, you know I love Hawkeye as a character um it has gotten a lot better and it's gotten a lot clearer about what's going on. Um, I think at first it, it it was almost a little hard to distinguish it from whatever the regular Guardians book that came out that very right. week, I think. Um, but there were a couple of things in this that I really liked. Again, as with Old Man Hawkeye, when he started really digging into different parts of Marvel as That's they went through it. that world, that was sort of the most fun part. And so, you know, on this, the second page, uh, we get a Willy Lumpkin. And I was like, all right, I'm paying attention right away. Um and and so when you start off you're in the Midwest somewhere and the Baxter Building has fallen down and it is in ruins not unlike the um the Star Destroyer in uh, the Force Awakens uh, right. and it is, it is on top of a giant uh, decomposed Loki skeleton oh. and they've got to go in there so we got the Guardians here the guard you got Drax um, Manta Quill Rocket and Gamora no 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 Groot apparently he talked too much and somebody killed him. Um, and they got to go in there, and they got to get the ultimate nullifier. Mm. I, I forget why, honestly, um, to, to stop the threat. That's basically behind everything to stop the threat. It is, it's like a MacGuffin situation. It's like the Maltese falcon They have to get the ultimate nullifier. There you go. Uh, Willie Lumpkin comes out, says you shouldn't go in there, and and they realize he's a hologram. That's sort of the the systems are still running. But right away, I was like, oh, that makes me feel something. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, they go in. They're tr- they're finding their way around. Herbie wakes up, and becomes their sort of guide as all the moloids come up from underground and try to kill them mm-hmm. all. And there's a sort of a really fun big action scene as they're fighting their way out. And there's a there's another there's a bit where like they find a helicopter and they're like, can we get out? And 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 you know, Herbie's like, you, it runs, but you can't leave and it's broken. He's like, oh, we're not flying. And he uses the helicopter to chop up all the moloids, which is pretty gross, but you know, like it's just a Big crazy action scene kind of thing. And then, this is the spoiler, by the way. It's coming now. At the very end, you realize that um, Quill had gotten a message that said, from the other Guardians, who had not spoken to in a long time, that said, you have to go get the l L Nullifier. This is really bad. And then they all get wiped out. And you come back to him, uh, and he's been hallucinating them the whole time. They're all dead. So
0: there are no other Guardians.
1: There are no other Guardians. It's just... It's just uh, Peter Quill standing there with a busted up Herbie and a gross moloid, <laughs> moloid blood covered axe, and I was like, "You got me." You you got, That's and it was,
0: it's real good.
1: It's just good comics, you know. That's we've been good. we we keep coming back to this. As we keep going on, like, what it is we want out of these things. And at first it was like, I want you to make me feel smart and impress me. And now I'm like, I just want to like reading comics. That's all I want out of it. I want to have fun. I do. I really just want to have fun. And, you know, old comics delighted and surprised you. And every time that a, com- a superhero comic book does that now, regardless of sort of how perfect it is in every other way, I walk away with a good feeling. Right. And and that's where I was with this. And, and of all the books that I read this week, as soon as I got to the last last page, I was like, "Oh, that's pick of the week." And I was I was <laughs> glad for it because it wasn't a big event. It wasn't a number one. It's just a fun comic book. And I don't. I love I, that
0: feeling though. Yes, when you, when yes. you get to that moment, you're just like, "Oh, that's great." Yeah. That's 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 good stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, like it, it's gotten better as the series has gone through. I remember, you know, Ethan Ethan Sachs came out. <laughs> that's not what I mean. Um, <laughs> He hit, the, hit, hit uh, the scene. He hit the scene. He his name appeared as a comic creator. He, I think he was a
0: journalist previously, or whatever. Yeah, he was. He was a long time like New York uh, Daily News entertainment person. Like he's he's a he was a long time entertainment. And we actually, I've gone back and he used to write all the comic articles. Like anytime the, the mainstream news broke in mm-hmm. in about comics, he would write the article for Daily News. So he was like a long time New York. Great entertainment writer guy
1: and he you know it, right away that old man Hawkeye series was great and it, it kept getting better and and to an extent like wow this person's really got their shit together and I you know I, I had hopes for this series too and and it's just very pleasing to me that even though it wasn't you know it didn't nail me right away at first like as I've kept writing I've appreciated that that I that I stuck with it and I'm glad
0: about that well what's interesting is is that that's a big twist for seven is it a 12 issue miniseries? I'm not sure. Uh, I assume so, for no other reason than the last one was. But uh, that's a big that that means there's, that means there's a lot left. So well, that's that a, happened this, in I, Old Man I, Hawkeye too. Yeah, but um, so now, now I'm right, now I'm actually curious to read
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I might read it. You know the the I think was it um, Marco Checchetto had drawn most of the last series, and then they erroneously took him off the last issue yeah, so he bad. Could go do Daredevil. Yeah. Um, but uh, Robert Gill does these. It's it's not like amazing work, but it's serviceable. It's not one of those books that I've been reading uh, you know and go, God, why did they hire this person? It works pretty well. Uh, it, this, you know, the, the whole art team is appropriate and the coloring's strong and it's just it's just it's just fun superhero comic book. And because it's not wrapped up in any of the other things going on you know it's just like you know the original old man Logan or whatever they can just tell their story and they can reference mm-hmm. the stuff and I mean I think we learned before that this 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 writer is of our time yep. and age so that, you know that's also got something to do with it context wise he's ticking boxes for us that you know if you're a younger comic reader or maybe even an older comic reader you're not going to have exactly the same uh, reaction to it so there is that involved um yeah, it's good. It was good I'm, stuff. I'm
0: downloading all of them right now. All right. Um, Sorry to ruin it for you. No, no, it's fine. I'm <laughs> looking forward. I mean, that's a great twist. I yeah. respect the twist. No, yeah, the and it was one of
1: those, it. I went back to read it. Like, I went, not, I, I didn't reread it. But like, I went back and was like, wait, just, what just happened? And it wasn't that it was poorly executed, it was just that it's, it was it, it was shocking. I like,
0: go, wait, wait, they can't, no, they <laughs> are. That's good. good. I like it. Cool. Uh, we had a big re- – we had actually have a lot of number ones this week. Yeah. In fact, everything we're talking about in the next segment is number one. My voice is cracked. Mm-hmm. Most of the books this week and the whole show are number ones actually. Uh, Lois Lane, number one. Greg Rucka, Mike Perkins. And Mike Perkins. I can't say, it. I, can't say it. I can't say it in my head without saying it like that. Sure. Um, so this is one of those spin- books that came out of – or it's coming out of the Leviathan event so that was teased in that special that was picked a week a while back. And I think if there's a book that Greg Rucka was born to write, it might be this one.
1: And I'm not wrong here, and I, and I know that this is a ridiculous question. Mike Perkins was the—he was not the main artist. That was Steve Epting on Captain America. He was the backup guy. Mike
0: Perkins on was a America. Marvel guy. and I don't remember exactly which books he was He was, was doing. the
1: one he did the non-Steve Epting issues of Captain America of Rubigger's Captain
0: America run. Could be. I think that's it. And he's good, except the only—I mean—the only real problem I had with this book is that, I like, guess, her face wasn't consistent, mm-hmm. and that always bugs me. Uh, I mean, sometimes it wasn't even close. You know, just completely different. She clearly different models that he was using for the faces. Okay, yeah, I uh, kind of see that. But otherwise, he's he's good. He's a very interesting style. That's not like anybody else that I that I read. Um, it seems less smooth than it used to be. Mhm. Like if I were to go
1: pick up my big old Captain America omnibus over there, I think you'd see I think they were it was trying to be more of a piece with what Epping Epting was doing. Mhm. So maybe that's this is a little different.
0: So Lois is on her own as we've known in the book, she's been sort of off writing in a hotel. Uh she's writing she and she quickly writes an article that uh, attacking the president for his border policies, so it's very uh Modern time, modern day, mm-hmm. and then uh, calls on the question to help in a, in a, you know, all the president's men-esque scene, and then the big reveal at the end is that it's not Vic Sage, it's uh, Renee Montoya, who, I guess, is also the question. What? Well, yeah, I Nothing mean, matters. That's Rucka's fault. Nothing. Yeah, but nothing. Nothing. That didn't happen in New Fifty Two. Did it not? None of, those, none of those stories happened. Oh. That was all pre-continuity. Who cares? <sighs> DC makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but I also liked the examination of, um, you know, there was a, there was a throwaway thing that happened in the Superman books where she was photographed kissing Superman. And so now she's sort of, uh, being slut shamed because everyone knows she's married to Clark Kent and, uh, Clark can't do anything about it. And that's really, you know, burns him up because he's Superman. He wants to be able to help. I really liked that. It's a three page sequence in there
1: where they're all together and. It creates a lot of problems. Really, I think that it would just make everybody say, hey, that guy does seem a lot like Superman. <laughs> it seems like it would be more likely. So it's kind of playing with. You took lo- the glasses off. It, it's kind of playing with logistical fire, really. I mean, like, you can't change the fact that he's, what, six four two six. you know, like he's. Yeah.
0: I like this issue. I. I mean, it was very Greg Ruck tropey, but it, I also. Yeah, it was. You know. I wanted to like it more. Than I did
1: because, you know, a few years ago, I think this would have totally been my bag. I think I felt a little bit that, listen, I know that we are going through some pretty horrendous social issues right now. But it was a little on the nose while we're still in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I don't really like to read uh, the headlines coming into my sort of serialized fiction that is current, which I don't think is a fair criticism. Mm -hmm. I just think it's something I don't like so much Mm -hmm. because it takes me out of it and it makes me think, all right, well, this writer's trying to make a point instead of telling a story and they should sometimes, but because the thing is so fresh right now, it's it's like, you know, during, I mean, the, the endless Middle Eastern wars or whatever, but like, Movies that were coming out about war while the war was still going
0: on was weird. Like we do, you, you need the perspective of history a lot. Right, so a we lot don't, lot don't
1: have history. we don't have any conclusion to make yet, and the, so then the only conclusion that we're making is that this is wrong, and she's fighting to make it right. But I know that already. Mm-hmm. I guess. I think has Rucka, Christ, has he been writing comics at all lately? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So maybe I'm just not haven't been used to it. for But there's a long time where I was like, oh, that guy's my favorite writer. And so I wanted to get a little more out of it. I think I really like Lois Lane. She's had a mm-hmm. we keep talking about Superman's resurgence, but I think that she's had a real resurgence too. She's been given a, a real character part. I don't think she's ever been necessarily a damsel in distress, but she's been a really good character over the past few years between the Superman books, between uh, her bits in in Tom King's Batman uh, wedding story. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's been sort of different views of her and things like that. So it's really it's a good book to have. I'm not I'm not gonna not read it.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Um, it I, and also, I'm not really sure where what I mean. I know there's a there's an overall thing here with with the question and her. You know, trying to get some information for, about this Russian journalist who goes missing. But like, is that the, is that the twelve issue story? What's the overarching story here? I'm not sure, and that's kind of exciting. That seems to be, yeah, I mean, but that, yeah, that's that's a number one issue thing we
1: just get now. Yeah. Like, at the end of the first issue, you will not know what it is that it's going to be about. Just deal with it. I liked it, though. Mm-hmm. I, I did. It wasn't my pick, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I'm right with you. So, Connor, you're a big fan of manga and uh, Dragon Ball Z, right? Oh, for sure.
0: Well. I know some of those words. <laughs>
1: Uh, this week saw the the uh, release of uh, "No One Left to Fight," number one, um, by by Aubrey Sitterson on writing in Fico Osio, a name which mm. has quickly gone up to some of my favorite names in comics. Um, you better have a good Fico score if your name is Fico Osio. That's a good point. That's a good point. I uh, I was a little I was a little worried about reading this. Because uh, I don't know if you listen, if people at home listen to the show, I I, I interviewed Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey's a friend of mine. I like him a lot. Because of him, I will be taking my children to WWE SmackDown this this coming week. Mm. So yeah, no, this this that's a true thing. Um, on the other hand, I don't really have any connection with any of the things that. Spawned this material. I know that Aubrey uh, loves Dragon Ball Z, but as he is slightly younger than me, the the age of my younger brother, I believe, who loved Dragon Ball Z.
0: Yeah, so I was going to assume that he is of a the next age bracket down. Yes, because oh. that that's a whole that's a whole. I mean, there's there's cultural interest. We're just not. You know, that's like your Power Rangers generation kind of thing. Yes, like we, just, we don't. We were too old for that. I didn't. I don't know anything about Pokemon. I know nothing about Dragon Ball Z. I know nothing about Power Rangers. I and, don't and like Napoleon Dynamite.
1: And our our manga our manga knowledge is very very
0: slight. Right, unless you're talking about Cup Noodle, which I could do all day. Obviously, Not anymore. the comic but, book
1: that yeah. reference is so old that that even longtime <laughs> listeners are like, "What the hell was that about?" There was a manga about the making of Cup Noodle, and and Ron specifically talked about it incessantly for years. Um, we all read it
0: and liked it. We did a yes, show it's about true. It anyway the point is I, I was actually you know on on a light week gonna read this book and then you told me what, what it was about or at least the influences now I was like yeah I don't need to read it unless it was a patron pick you were you were like I'm out yeah I' mean like you know it's just this is not my deal
1: I don't think it is and I don't think you're wrong about that um so what was interesting here is that um, it really doesn't look or feel like any of the other comic books that are that are out right now from a mainstream perspective it's definitely not trying to be a superhero book in other clothing it is not you know a genre twist mm-hmm. it is a i was gonna say original thing it is it's all original There are they're new characters and everything but it does wear its influences on its sleeve to a certain extent and i think the art and the coloring show that um the beginning basically it's hard this is the first issue where i'm like i'm not sure what this is yet um mm-hmm. a big video game fighter looking dude uh Wanders into town, nobody's seen him for a while. He goes to visit his old friend at their like suburban home. She has two kids and a giant crab friend who are all happy to see him. But then her husband comes home and he's not happy to see the guy and they sort of are eyeballing each other and then they sort of spar in the backyard and it it gets a little too serious and whatever and so basically, there's a big backstory that has happened, and we don't know what that is yet mm-hmm. um and they can do the hadouken you know like create energy and fight each other and they're not trying to each other but there's a thing going on so you get the sense like they were rivals in the past um Mm -hmm. and it it, like parts of this read and look a lot like street fighter i think that i think the art's actually great uh the the fico score who has excellent credit fico score fico FICO score (laughs) fico score. this is terrible what i'm doing it's terrible um from what I can tell, I think he colored it, because I don't see any other credits in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good looking. like The colors are really bold and bright, and there's pinks and blues and greens all over the place. Um, but it fits really well, and it's really nicely colored, too, and well drawn, and the facial acting is really good. And these little fight sequences are rad, and there's like mm-hmm. a ton of imagination and design going on. It's like a whole new colorful world. Um and all that's really good. I mean, I was actually really struck by sometimes when you get a book from a smaller publisher that is a creator-owned thing that has no attachment to it, and they bring in an artist that you've never heard of, sometimes they have some some working to do. Um, mm-hmm. Dude is fully formed. And I thought that was really impressive. Um, just to sort of pick a guy out of sort of more or less nowhere that I've heard of and and have them be able to come on and create this whole thing and have it be exciting and, and dynamic. Um, is really cool. So mm-hmm. I, but, but to really give you a full accounting, I I need to read the next one. Interesting. You know, but from what I can tell, uh, it is what it is and it makes no bones about that. And I'm guessing that if you are four to six years younger than me, this will resonate with you quite a bit more than me. Probably. Yes. Um, but I'm going to read the next one. Um, it's it, it, there, there's there's something here and I'm, I'm hoping it pays off a little bit and maybe maybe I will just expand my horizons a little bit. I'm not saying I'm going to go watch all of Dragon Ball Z You're definitely not. I'm definitely not I do have the feeling if I was younger and I'd watch it I would very much like it. Sure My brother sometimes, really liked sometimes it. Sometimes the cultural touchdowns aren't there Yeah, I think that's that's got part of it um, But if all those things that I just said to you sound like things that you like you should check it out. You should definitely check it out
0: Um, For sure New number one from Image Comics, Sea of Stars, number one, written by Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam, formerly Hopeless, art by Stephen Green, Rico Renzi on colors, Jared K. Fletcher letters. I, Aaron Aaron and Hallam have written together, right? I can't remember. They're what both from Kansas City. They came up at the same time. At one point, they had, had written, co-written a book together. I can't remember what it was. I couldn't think of it while I was reading this book. Um, I don't know. I know they were friends. That's all I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume that. I mean, I don't know, but I assume Aaron helped the plot because it didn't read like an S. Jason Aaron book. I don't
1: know, but I, I do have to, and I'm sorry to do this, I do have to recuse myself a little bit again. Okay. Stephen Green's a friend of mine. I've, do, I've done pitches with him. Like, he's drawn stuff I've written. I think he's okay. awesome. He has been hanging around forever. Um, he worked on um, Mignoliver's stuff for a little while. He did some sort of Hellboy stuff. He's, he's a great writer. And so years ago when him and I were working on something, he told me, he's like, yeah, Jason Aaron just reached out to me. I was like, that's because you've got the stuff, and it it took a really long time to come out. But I was really, I was really happy to see it. Like, well, and I, the the art is oh, incredible. It's, it's really all great. isn't he good? It's yeah, one really of those good. guys, fully formed, like came out, and I was like, oh, sure, I'll work with you. <laughs> like, yeah, no, this is this this reads like a real real veteran, yeah. comic art. I, I mean,
0: uh, he's been drawing for for you know probably ten years now, but you know, just right. he's not known. Right. Well, he should be. He's very good. he's, yeah. he's a lot better than a lot of people working on <laughs> pretty big mainstream books. Yeah, for sure. Um, So this is a story of basically a space delivery man Mm -hmm. who is taking his son to work today as he delivers items from one planet to another and has to to safely navigate the stars. And he gets attacked uh, on his route by a space monster that crushes his ship and the dad and the son are separated and it's basically like It seems to be from the ending, but you know, dad's quest to find his son, son's quest to survive, and maybe find his dad, who he doesn't know his dad's alive. And also, the son has some strange ability to survive and swim in space without gear.
1: Yeah, I, I, I really liked everything about this, uh, except I think it was it was first issue thing. So like, I'm not sure what the story's gonna be from here. Other than reuniting, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a cold. Which it's not really. This has been all the first issues. This is how they are now. So, but it's hard to speak to it. Like, is this good? It's interesting. I'm definitely going to read the next one. The visual style of this thing, imagination wise, is off the chart. I don't know well, what.
0: Jason Aaron loves the idea of space as as sea. He did it in Thor. Yeah, sharks and, and whales he, and everything. And treats and ships as boats. And it's, it's this is called Sea of Stars, and it's it's all like that. Yep. They basically could have been eaten by sea monster. I, um, and he looks like a giant squid. I really liked the
1: science fiction combined with blue collar worker. Like, mm-hmm. like his mom's gone. I'm sorry, you got to come with me to work, but you know we're just gonna go this. Well, well, can we go see something interesting? No, we gotta do the job.
0: I'm working here, kid.
1: Yeah, and and I know that. Uh, I was gonna say hopeless, but Dennis Hallam, uh, who's mm-hmm. decided to use his real name, like he's really good at writing. Uh, Parent stuff, basically. I've seen it, and and you know, kids and teenagers. We've seen he's really good at, you know, Jason Aaron is is great at all sorts of things, but you know, he's mm-hmm. he's an exemplary plotter. He's got a huge imagination. Like the combination of all of these things, with, I mean, the 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 imagery of the sort of space stuff is is out of control. This must have been so much fun, you know, for an artist to just think of all of these different crazy things that he can draw. You know, the the two little aliens that at the end that sort of meet the kid and they kind of want to eat him. But, but the one guy's like, well, hold on. You know, it's a little reminiscent of like, um, some of the better parts of, um, Oh crap. Saga. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little of that going on here.
0: It's a lot of good a things. Little saga. It's a little fear agents, a little star Wars. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna read it. I just didn't blow my socks off. I was right. hoping it would, but, uh, I'm definitely intrigued enough to continue reading. Um, for sure. Yeah,
1: I think that's exactly where I am with it. It looks beautiful, though. I mean, it really is. That the, was and, the strength. And the Rico the Renzi show. colors are great. There's the, like I don't. I'm sure it's digital, but there's bits of it that are just made to sort of look like watercolor. And the way that they rendered like the the energy sail on the top of the ship, you know, it's just one it of those one, things. It was one of the best looking books that yeah. this,
0: this week for sure. It is
1: one of those things where like you know how the the Millennium Falcon's supposed to look junky but it looks really cool. This ship's like
0: that. Like, I think it's supposed to be sort of junky and working class, but it looks really cool. The the thing is, if you are living in a world with a lot of spaceships, then a junky ship is a junky ship. If you're living in the real world with no spaceships, then any spaceship, no matter how junky, is cool by default. Yep. Captain America and the Invaders, Bahamas Triangle number one. I assume you didn't read this. Nope. This was one of those, um, like that Peter David Hulk comics. I thought it was a reprint. It's a one-shot uh, story written by Roy Thomas, legendary Marvel writer Roy Thomas, drawn by legendary artist Jerry Ordway, and uh, this this was definitely the mix for my my pick of the week if I had had one. It's a w- World War II story. It's one of Cap's earliest missions. He still has the the Triangle Shield. In fact, it's it's, it's his first mission uh, where he's busting up the Bund in America, and he gets yeah called, he gets called to a special uh, assignment because President Roosevelt is going to the Bahamas quote-unquote, on a fishing trip, but he's actually going to meet with um, Edward VIII and um, his American wife, who have been uh, sent to become the, to be the governors of Bahamas to get away from the, the Nazis, because they were Nazi sympathizers. Um, that's Wallace, true. Edward and Wallace. And so you get you get Jerry Gerald on FDR meeting with Edward and Wallace, and then while that's happening, a pre-hooded Baron Zemo attacks the compound because he wants to bring Edward and Wallace back to back to Europe, because they're going to be installed on the throne once once Hitler takes over. And as an added bonus, he's going to kill um, Roosevelt. He didn't even know he was going to be there. But as it turns out, Cap and Jim Hammond are both secret guards. And so this is their first team up, and then there's a little secret edition of Namor, uh, traditional awesome Namor. Nice. Drawn, all, all drawn by Jerry Ordway. And they, of course, stop the attack and save the day. And... They're not quite the Invaders yet, but they realize they got something going here. It was a great little one-shot. It was, you know, 30 pages. Roy, Roy Thomas is, is people, young young listeners may not know, one of the most important comics writers of all time. Oh, yeah. A- and uh, was known, the Invaders was kind of his comic for forever. Yeah. And Jerry Ordway is one of those great um, guys who, follow, you know, style, fell out a favor, maybe... Fifteen years ago 20 years ago but um still has it man still has it and also draws the human torch like you should be with all those lines on his body oh that's correct yeah this is something you must read after the show okay you, do. this is the, I, i'm a little bummed because it's this, this this punches all of your buttons all right i'm gonna make sure <laughs> i have that ready to go here <laughs> I uh I love my Mac Weldon. I wore them I had a big day this week, really long twelve hour work day. And uh what did I go for? My Mac Weldon. Underwear. Obviously. Because it was gonna it was gonna keep me right for the whole day. It was gonna keep me comfortable. I was sweating a lot, and that that helps with the Mac Weldon with your anti microbial fabrics to it's, it's just a great pay, product. So when I have a big day, when I have an important activity, I make sure I find that. My favorite one's my red pair. I've got a couple, you know. I've got many pairs, but I always pull the red one out on a big day. It's not like my own lucky pair, but it's like my. I need the red pair today. I got you. Situation. I'm down. Um, and the reason why all that works is because Max Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabric, simple shopping. Shopping's easy. The website's great. Great products. It's easy to find. Easy to 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 get multiple views of what you're looking at. Um, it's a it's a it's a nice pleasant experience macwell will be the most comfortable underwear or socks or shirts or undershirts or hoodies or sweatpants you will ever wear i've got a you know it's holiday weekend i'll probably spend one of those days fully in the sweatpants not sure which one yet but it'll be it'll be a comfortable day when i when i choose that one they want you to be comfortable so if you don't like your first pair you can keep it and they'll still refund you the money no questions asked that's a that that means they've got confidence in their products and as we talked about before, there are two new products, the Ace Pants and the Radius Pants. One of the – the Ace is the one I was just talking about, the sweat pant, which is completely comfortable. And the Radius Pants are really comfortable. Um, they're almost like those – you know, they talk about dresses being daytime, nighttime dress. Yeah. You know, like you can – this is a pant that you can wear in comfort or like if you're doing work outside or you can also wear – it. you know, you can wear it out on a plane or, or out. I the did. I you traveled
1: know. across the country in those. Worked very well for me. There are zippers though. Nice. I did that. I did have to get checked. There were some zippers. But that's a trade-off because also that keeps your stuff in your pockets when you're sitting down. You don't want that to fall out in the airplane seat. And that's the source of my major anxiety on a plane
0: is that I'm going to walk away. It's really, really a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So how do you get in on this? Great underwear, great pants, great shirts, comfortable hoodies. Well, you go to MacWeldon.com to get 20% off your first order in a promo code IFANBOY. We have to talk about it for a long time. We believe in the products; they're great products. If you want to treat yourself, if you want a little luxury in your life, in your nether regions or your shirt area, it's called your chest. Uh, <laughs> promo code: I <ifan>, <laughs> I think that they need to adopt what you said: is that it? It keeps you right. Keeps you right. Oh, that's watch the uh, first season of the Wire in in a week. Yeah, that's re- really re- good. Re- rewatch the first yeah. season of the Wire. Obviously, I've seen it before, yeah. but. Was the was Old Man Quill number seven called Way Down in the Hole? Yeah, that's why
1: I wrote that, it there. Is one. that also why you picked it? No, nope, I didn't notice until I was writing the script. I just saw that and I was like, oh, I'll write that down.
0: Superman up, up in the sky, number one. Tom King, Andy Kubert. This is the uh, general release of the uh, Walmart exclusive story. The first one, Bendis also did Batman, so we'll see when that comes out. But all oh, everybody who cried about not being able to read this can now shut up. Okay, so a couple of things. couple
1: of preambles. We're going to keep this one short. Uh, one, when I did that interview with Tom uh, that mm-hmm. was recently released here, he had mentioned this, and I, I had not thought of it at all. In fact, I didn't even know about it as a thing, but he said something about I was really proud of the Superman story I did. And so given, you know, all the stuff he's written, I thought, oh, that'll be really interesting to read. And I did not know this was coming out, and it, it just did, so it was, I, was, I was excited to read it. Uh, mm-hmm. Part two of this is that I genuinely literally do not understand why people are mad about them trying to sell comics at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's just There's not a shortage of material at your comic shop. There's not a shortage of it, stuff that the comic same. shops can sell.
0: It's It's the, it's the same when they, when when adult comic fans get mad when they make products for kids. It's like if everything is not for them and available to them at all times, then they take it as a slight.
1: So that being said, I think I expected it to be more all ages than it was. And if this was just a full-on great superhero Superman
0: comic book, yes. The I'm assuming your trouble was with the art by Andy Kubert. He is my preferred Kubert, but even then, you know, as he has aged into veteran status, his style is he's a bit clunk, bit his his characters all a bit chunkier. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mind that. I like that
1: part. I did have somebody. I had a, a pro who shall not be named point out to me that he can't draw characters from the bottom up all his character. Like if you look throughout it, all the faces are lowered. So the Mm. chins are down and not up the way that you would take a selfie. Right. And I can't not see it. There's one Mm. panel in here where he sort of draws Superman from, from below. But even that I kept looking at and I was like, it's weird. And that's on page 14 of your digital reader. Um, I, I still get mixed up which which Hubert I like. I think I like
0: the other one more than you this. like. You like uh, Adam, Adam, who does yeah. Captain America. I but For Andy, it's fine. Everyone has their own flavor of ice cream. I like this. This one was inked by Sandra Hope, and
1: I really liked the inks. I thought that they came out really well, colored by Brad, Brad Anderson. You know, when you get that blue and
0: that red right, it's hard to have it not look good. Um, this was very much a Tom King story in yeah. which a young girl has been kidnapped – Off planet by a criminal using a bootleg Zeta beam, which I love that concept. Yes. And Clark has got stuck in Clark's craw. You know, of all the things he could be worried about, one kidnapped little girl is sort of below his purview. And he can't get out. He can't get out of his head and decides to do something about it. And I really loved that. And And I love that Batman was the – and the way that it was – Batman's like, you got to look into this. I loved the scene where he tries to pitch the story to Perry White as a newspaper story. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, Perry's yeah. rising, rising anger, and then um, I love that this was so fully ensconced in the DC. You have got Batman, yeah. you got Wonder Woman, you got Green Lantern. Uh, the, Fla- I think Flash at one point maybe. The one the,
1: page the- with Green Lantern was a fantastic page. Adam and, Strange, like they're just talking. Like there's a there's a dinosaur attacking, and they're trying to stop it, and it has nothing to do with the conversation that they're having. And it's all I, about ugh, the, the 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 Zeta Beam or uh, the Ranians, They're the worst. Yeah. I, I love that kind of thing. It was awesome.
0: This was great. It really I mean, was. The art. If it had been a different artist, I might have might have been really exciting. But I, I really liked the story a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, and it's an interesting and fun Superman story. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that that uh, this this Cubert
1: this Andy. I think he does a good cape. I like yeah, no, He's, he's a good artist. He is. I mean he'd he'd have to be. It would be pathetic if he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetic, Hubert. No, he is but he's not, is the point. Um The Wild Storm, number 24. This is the last issue of it. And uh, Warren Ellis, John Davis Hunt, uh, Steve Bugoletto on colors. I've loved this book. I've loved this all the way through. I, I've got a thing about the Wildstorm universe when it's written by really good writers, um mm-hmm. and, and obviously drawn by really good artists. That's always going to be the case. But specifically, if they can tailor the stories to something that doesn't feel like they're not trying to ape, like when when Rob Liefeld comes out with the new Young Blood, it always feels like Young Blood used to feel. When you can amp this up a little bit, you
0: know, and 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 put some quality to it, it's a really great universe. We've seen Alan Moore Our, do it. I think I think we should acknowledge, and it's I'm not being a snarky asshole here that it came out and it finished, which is not always uh, assumed with a Warren Ellis. Project. <laughs> well, here's the
1: thing, though. I was looking forward to it finishing and at the end of last issue I thought this isn't going to finish next issue. So really <laughs> what this is going to lead into is more authority comics. Mm. And they don't really say who uh who's going to be doing them, but uh ba- you know this whole thing set up the Mark authority Miller. and and <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Um <laughs> But there's gonna there's gonna be more. Like they basically this this stopped the the Stormwatch IO war and then mm-hmm. led to the formation of you know, terse you know like the like the Wildcast to a certain extent, but really the Authority and it's this new slightly different version of them, which is pretty interesting because Warren Ellis created those guys too. So right. he's like, I'm gonna do it again, slightly differently. Um, and that that is interesting because
0: you know his he's mind got his, is he's got amazing. his own little corner franchise here where he reinvents his old work.
1: That's a that's kind of, that's you can sell that to him. That's kind of amazing. I really liked it though, and so I'm gonna read more for sure. I I've, it was how cool. are you
0: gonna feel when he re- reinvents Transmetropolitan? i
1: would read that. <laughs> I mean, if you think about all the stuff that he would have had to say in the late '90s to you know then compared to how it would be now, I wouldn't want to read it. I started reading Transmetropolitan I would, but again. I wouldn't want to. Right? No, I mean he shouldn't do that for everything, but I think that. One of the things he's is not, that, I'm not saying he's going to, I'm just No, I know. But just as a theoretical, these characters, these wild storm characters, are really they're very malleable for whatever reason.
0: He should reinvent Fell, Or Nope. Just just do the next issue. I don't care. I like That's I like these. these. That's are an good. old one. Postal deliverance number one, Top Cow. I um took a flyer on this issue written by Brian Edward Hill, drawn Thanks. by Raphael Ienko. A lot of Italians in this this episode. Um I t- this was a series where the name seemed vaguely familiar, and I saw Brian, Hiddle- Brian Hill's name on it. So I said, all right, let me check it out. And this is the second volume of this story. There was a post- I, know, Postal – He did Postal for years. Yeah, there was a Postal series before. This is a new volume of it. And I never read the original one. So this issue does a pretty good job of explaining the world and everything. And also I looked it up because I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. And so I did, I did read about it. Basically, it's a little town – in which ex-cons can come live freely, but you have to pay a hefty fee to move there and also follow the very strict rules. And uh, the new guy who moved in on this issue is not into following the rules. And so, there's problems. It's very much, as we've talked about, a cold open issue, uh, in which the new guy moves to town, comes into conflict with the people of the town, because he won't he's, he's he won't follow the rules and gets in a bar fight, even though violence is not allowed. And, and now, at the end, he says, things are going to change here, so he's going to some sort of resurrection in the town. I enjoyed it. The art by uh, Rafael Yanko was interesting. Um, really good in parts, a little wonky in other parts. He's sort of a very realistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems to be a pure crime story. And uh, I might check the next one out. I, I, I do like Hill's point of view a lot. He has a good and, point of view. Are you going to go back and, and read all of Postal? Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> but the thing is you don't necessarily need to here which is good and uh, that's good yeah you know it's just a t- there's just a bunch of people in the town dealing with with the with some bad stuff I, I liked it so we good. we opened with a number seven we talked did.
1: about a bunch of number ones then talked about a 24 which was the end of a series and then to close this out I'm going to talk to you about crowded number seven see mm. that Good job. It's, it's a little Seven thing. Crowded, uh, written by Christopher Zavala, um, with art by Roe Stein on the other, on their other issues. And then this one was uh, also helped with Ted Brandt. I'm not really sure what the division of labor was. Um, it, seven cu- brings us back from a little hiatus. Um, the idea here is, just catch people up, uh, is a crowdfunding murder platform. You need mm-hmm. somebody killed, um, a bunch of people that can That is pitch both
0: in. frighteningly yeah. pl- plausible and also would ap- would people would absolutely do that right and then there then there is also
1: a sort of um an uber for bodyguards to save you from when people won't come to kill you and there's a whole set of rules in this world that exist. so this is you know 50 75 years in the future 100 years in the future something like that it's that kind of sci-fi the speculative but over the top not unlike uh Transfer Metropolitan actually sure um I really enjoyed this series, uh, the first sort of six of them, and so when it came back I was pretty excited about it. Um, I think Rostein's art is great. Some of the pages were not as great, and I was a little disappointed by that because I think that the it's a it's a lot of art. The story is is still on point. It's a really interesting, Sabella's really a really strong writer. It's really fun. I I, I would like, you know, to have the art not change. It wasn't even that it was bad, it was just that it was different. But it's back, it's still good. Let's go.
0: So those are the books we wanted to talk about. But if you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and you sign up, everyone can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the patron pick was The Walking Dead 193, written by Robert Kirkman, art by Charlie Adlard with gray tones by Cliff Rathburn, and art letters by Russ Wooten. And it's the final issue of The Walking Dead, as, as I'm sure you read on the internet. Um, Robert Kirkman dropped this on people with no explanation and no advance warning. That's not true about explanation. It was a six-page essay in the back. that explained it. But no advance mm-hmm. warning. And in fact, fake solic- solicitations for, pre- for the next issue and the issues beyond. You have to co- admire the commitment. Um, so before we get into it, you know, l- listeners of the show know I don't read this issue. I've never read The Walking Dead in issues. And uh, uh, so I appreciate there was a debate about whether or not to force me to read this. And I appreciate those who said, hey, maybe we shouldn't be jerks. However – those people lost the, lost the, the battle. Um, <laughs> Jerks win! Jerks win! So uh, so I had a choice. My choice was just read this last issue or and, th- and thus ruin my entire 10 years plus reading this book. Or um, read everything I had been missing because I had fallen way behind on the trade. So I read 24 issues of The Walking Dead on Thursday. <laughs> Happy 4th. uh, 169 through 193 193 was like two and a half sized Um, On the one hand You know, it reads very quickly It's always read very quickly, so it wasn't that bad But uh, it was a lot of Walking Dead reading I had to do Because of this patron pick um, Because I wasn't going to compromise You know, I I didn't want to be into this series For so long and then then read the final issue Without having read the previous 24 On the other hand though, like, you know Done you could have—I mean, you could have done it—and we'll talk about the story in one second. You could have absolutely done it. It wouldn't have—it wouldn't have been as impactful if I had just jumped ahead and read this issue, though, and not yeah. read the previous, uh, basically two years worth of comics, because uh, a lot of important things happen in it. Um, so, this is the final issue. R- Robert Kirkman wrapped up Invincible last year. Bobby and, Hollywood
1: strikes again,
0: <laughs> and wraps up One Walking Dead here. Um, I really liked it. I, I did liked too. a lot. It, this was my pick of the week by far. Yeah, I think He's, this, really, he's really good at—Invincible, uh, the final issue, was also pick of the week. He's really good at wrapping up his stories, and that's a really hard thing to do.
1: Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's really thoughtful about it, and he really cares about it. And, he, you know, I, I I just made my little Bobby Hollywood joke, but the fact is it's been years and years and years now, and the comics have gotten no short shrift. He could have stopped writing this very easily— many years ago yeah and and he didn't and he did it out of respect for the the material and the craft and the readers and i think that that comes through that's really and he and also wouldn't have team. done
0: it the way he did it did it the way he did it here if he didn't have that respect he could have very easily turned into big media blitz and pumped up the, the pre-sales yeah and you know made it a big event and instead he dropped it in like the opposite of die 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 in which he put out without any advance warning either like clearly if it was just about the business he would like Someone asked me why didn't they why didn't they promote this? This would have been a big deal. I was like, because he wanted it to be a surprise, and that's he if he didn't care, he wouldn't have done well,
1: it. Well, also, but you know, then the other side of that is that he is in a really unique position. And I say really, really unique. That really unique is redundant and stupid to say. But B, he's in a unique position in that it's creator on book. He's in full control of it. He's a partner at Image, so he doesn't even get pushed back on that front. Monetarily, it is significant for him, but. He can do everything in a way that is what is best for the comic book, the creators, and the readers. And I can't think of many other situations, especially that have such a large fan base, where you could do that. And I think, I mean, basically, it's, it's respectful of the medium, and it's amazing. And, and the essay at the end, we're not even talking about the book that much, uh, but um, the essay at the end was really enjoyable to read and sort of his thought process that he got to it. Um, you know... I just I wanted there's nothing is surprise, nothing and we talk about this all the time. the three month solicitation, and he's always with the his solicitations he's always had them have no information like his solicitations were like were like the the madman previews for next week yeah, and and then, yeah, you know he took it even further, you know uh they don't preview they don't preview these issues like you don't we don't right. get comps of them they're not they don't exist right you have to buy them you you can't no one is getting this ahead of time to know what's happening. And he created an event out of it, but it was an event that was earned. And then, mm-hmm. so on top of this, all that, like, I'm really impressed by that. And on top of all that, it was a good. It was a good wrap up. It was it was a nice bit of comic book storytelling.
0: Um, again, what I liked about it was that you know this is the premier horror comic, right? Maybe of all time, probably of all time. It's it's oh, certainly yeah. the most most successful indie book of all time. I, I I'd imagine it's generated more revenue than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those would be the top one and two, but um, are we counting merchandising? Because no, <laughs> well,
1: well they they sold they sold that to
0: Nick. I don't know. I mean, this is a multi-billion-dollar property at this yes. point, so it's one and two. Merchandising can could, could edge Turtles over book it, it doesn't matter. It's it's one of the top most important yep. things. Big deal. But in this issue, the book changes from a horror book to a western. Yes, it did, and I loved it. Yes, so we. We jump into the future as in the last issue, uh, you know, very famously, Rick dies, gets murdered by the son, the, the squealing son of the uh, governor of Commonwealth. You were spoiled by that, right? You, you knew well, I knew he was going to die. And so as soon as I met the son, mm-hmm. I was like, that's the guy who's going to kill him uh-huh. because it would be the most annoying person to kill him. And it was right. Um, but it made sense. Uh, totally made sense anyway so the point is we we now jump ahead at the end of that issue they all were returning to alexandria for for rick's funeral and then we we jump ahead now to the future in which carl is is an adult and he's married to was it lily the the i forgot the, the, the blonde girl the other blonde girl he was not dating when he was younger sophia they have a daughter sophia i don't know where lily came from sophia they have a daughter named andrea um they live in a western town they're they are they they're basically all safe. they're cordoned off. There's not as many many zombies anymore um but uh Maggie's spoiled brat of a son herschel has has a traveling zombie show and uh brought one brought it to town. one of them escaped and and Carl had to kill it because it was outside his house and but now they're they're considered valuable property and not not scary monsters, so he he gets put on trial for it and it was a uh, I thought it was terrific. I thought it was a great wrap-up. It was very much one of those kind of six feet under kind of wrap-ups where we see the future, yeah, not fully to the end, but we see how everyone has happy lives or not happy lives um, lived or died. Um, we get we get a very much a wrap-up on characters, both new and old, that we've met along the way, and uh, I, I loved it. I really I really was impressed by it. Yeah, it was pretty delightful. I mean, if
1: I had any problem with it, it was just that. I didn't remember who a lot of the characters were because I pretty sure. much stopped reading it a while back. And so – You mean you didn't bench two years with the comics and never had them all fresh in your head when you read there it? There was no way I would have done that in a billion years and that's why <laughs> we're different people. Um, I, you know, like when uh, Judge Hawthorne, I was like, wait, is that Michonne? And so I had to look <laughs> up like, oh, yeah, that's her last name. That's her. You know, I kind of remembered who the girl was. And then when he went out on the on the ranging exercise with the other girl, I was like, oh, she was the –
0: what, feel, ex. yeah, the girl he slept. She was the daughter of the um, one of those horrible, one, one of the many horrible. Groups. Is that what yeah, they were? Yeah, the whispers. Yeah.
1: Yes, and and I like I thought their relationship was really interesting. Like, I like that Carl grew up in Rick's image. Yep. and it was a western it was totally a western thing and i think that one of the ways that you can get away with all his little wrap ups here is that by doing it in that western format it has a different set of expectations you can be a little more romantic you can be a little more i don't use the word cliche but it kind of works you can do those things in this context i think in a way that you maybe you know couldn't in a straight up horror book and also i like that i mean it's a larger metaphor really but I like that he had to, he gave it a happy ending. Like he's originally, I wasn't gonna give it a happy ending. I wouldn't. It would be a creepy ending, and then you know, all the zombies would be coming over the hill or whatever. But he didn't. He said, "I just worked yep. for this for so long that wh- why not give them a bit of?" Ha-. And I, it I needed like it. it. Did need that, but also I like that as a metaphor for who Robert Kirkman is. Mm-hmm. Like I, we know that when he started this book, he had leveraged himself to such an extent, you know, that it was genuinely scary for him. You know, yeah. he he was deeply in debt. He did this thing. Nobody thought it would be what it was. And it became this huge, like, it, he's got a happy ending. Yeah. I mean, and, that, that'll certainly change your view on life. Right. And and <laughs> that gives it a, 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 it's hopeful, you know. Yeah. And also, there were still even some sort of social issues throughout here, but it wasn't so on the nose, you know, that I was like, all right, I don't know what you're trying to... He doesn't work like that, but he's still saying something. Right? The thing right. with the, the, you know the the roamers being you know property or being a, a thing in a show and and how you know however many years later people are already starting to forget you know that is relevant but it's not it's not spoon feeding you
0: or people who were not alive really during yeah. it the kids who are all like this is lame it's like yeah none of you had to fight for your lives yeah and that's assholes. you know that's like not knowing I also like history you know, the the idea of it being a western makes sense because they basically had to restart society and you can't restart society from the place you were at before you don't have the technology you don't have the the materials anymore so they you know they're basically starting society over so That on this, dawned on me as I was reading it.
1: And then sort of the, the stormtrooper guys show up and you're like, "All right, yeah, this isn't it's not an alternate take, it's
0: sort of what happens." It's just that, you know, like we have the we have the materials, we start from this point and at this point we can do what the you know the old west did. We have the wooden houses and we have trains and we have You know, slightly, some, maybe some more technology, but it's not basically like they're jumping into the sci fi future. It's we have to start over. They have the plans, but they don't have the manufacturing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I really, it was, it was really good. I like that everybody wasn't like great. You know, Maggie may have fucked up and -hmm. her kid is unpleasant and, you know, not everyone's happy. It was good. It was really good. And it's impressive, you know, it's an impressive run. 193. Um, it's nothing to sneeze at, even if he never made it to three hundred like his goal was, but um
1: But it, I also like that it was it not a round number. It was Yeah. Jeff Jeff Parker was, made a joke on Twitter. He's like, the real the real story here is that he managed to not finish at two hundred, which is what every, you know, O C D
0: comic creator would have gone for at least. Right. One more Well, he I mean, he says it in the back. He's he's not even writing for the trades right for the compendiums. Yeah. And so they figured out how many issues they needed for another compendium volume. And that you know, people might scoff at that but that's the reality of doing business and And that's uh, that's he's smart that's smart and it also didn't affect the story in any negative way no not at all so walking dead first of all clap for robert kirkman very impressive also charlie adler who did every uh, every issue with the first six plus a random one in the middle um really really impressive performance from him too and uh good work by everybody involved it's weird now that these books are over yeah it's we weird always, that Charlie. I, we might see Charlie Adler do something again. We just always assumed the walking would just be be there, in the background. Yeah, it's weird. So I might have to. I read mean, that it. was that was one of the books from the beginning when the, we started. I That was uh, at least we started the podcast. That was you know one of those constant books. We 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 interviewed Robert Kirkman so many times in the early days. Yeah. Um. So it's strange. Things change as well you get done. older. Let's do ratings on Walking Dead number ratings. 193 out of 5. I'm going to give it a 5. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Sticking with
1: it? Yeah, sure. I'll read the next one.
0: Okay. So patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go. And you can vote to add a book to the rundown if you are a patron.
1: Yeah, if you like this kind of thing, you want to vote, you want to have a say in that, I really think that the folks who have gone to patreon.com slash ifanboy are getting uh, value out of it, I think they're having fun, there's a little community that's grown up around them, um, you're getting, you're getting, we're getting, there's content that comes out from it, there's, there's the book splits and the talk splits that we do, there's the patron pick part of this show, there's the patron powers, it's, it's made our show better. Um and so we want to thank everybody for doing that. Um we have other stretch goals in there. Um you can go to you can go to patreon.com slash i fanboy to check what those are. The next one would be a non comics media podcast that I don't have time for, but I really would like to do. Um uh, we we made <laughs> a little headway. Um, and then the other part is that we will uh, upload the missing uh, video shows uh, up yep. onto YouTube. And it's funny because I was looking for something the other day and I was like, I hope this one's up. And it was. And then <laughs> I looked at it and I went, let's take this one down. Um, <laughs> that's that's just me. Uh, you can also go and uh, purchase merch. Merchess. Merch, merch. In the nice. words of the famous Minutemen, the merch. Uh, Ifinboard.threadless.com, there are now seven designs up there. It's proving difficult to find another one that
0: we are comfortable with doing. Well, I we t- we talked about last week. We, we did. Find a preliminary design for one, submit it to our graphic designer. I don't know when it'll be done, or if we, we'll even decide to do it. But we have there has been movement. Yeah.
1: Oh how yeah. It no, like. it's it's it's
0: happening, but it, it's slow. Err.
1: Yeah. Um. You can also go to slash support if you want to deal with any of that stuff. You can just you could you could send something our way via PayPal. That is how the uh, internet economies of of these sort of smaller entertainment properties like ours uh, get by for sure, so uh, that's that's all that stuff you can do. And finally, there's iFanboy.com slash Amazon. You will find uh, links to our Booksplode books, um, such as our last one, which is escaping me at the moment.
0: What Booksplode, it, was... the last one was... Oh, God!
1: Uh, Ma- uh, Daredevil. Daredevil Born Again. Born Again. Me. Yeah, you should get that. Buy, it, from, it, buy it through I our agree. link or anywhere. Just get it. it. Does Steal it if you need to. Oh. <laughs> you'll, you'll find a link to Amazon.com uh, there as well, and if any purchases you make through that will help the show out. So thanks to... Thank you to everybody who does that. Uh, we, we I know we say we appreciate it, but I feel like I can't say that enough, mm-hmm. and I want you to, like, I sincerely mean that. I think it's amazing. Thank you.
0: So, well, we also like to thank patrons who give it the $5 or higher level. They get their own superpower live on the show. Take it away, Josh. Uh, Caleb Peters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Western name. Mm-hmm.
1: Caleb Peters came up with a gang of rustlers. Um. He can stay up late. There's there's no there's no consequences. Stay up as late as you want. Go to sleep. When you wake up, when it's time for you to wake up in the morning, you're going to be fine. You're going to be refreshed. There's so no... For one hour, he'll be fully rested and refreshed and just not feeling to, any consequences and not slept, slept. He just needs to turn the clock off mm-hmm. and turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Like our friend
0: Dodge. Uh, and he just... <laughs> So no, no, no ill effects. His body is. It's healthier. as if it's as if he's gotten a full,
1: restful, non apneatic nine hours of sleep. Wow! In the
0: perfect position, all is That's, well. Is it only at night, or can it like if he takes a nap? What happens then? I'm going to say that he needs to sleep
1: any amount before it is the prescribed time for him to wake up.
0: Okay. You know what I'm getting at? So it's, so it's a nighttime thing.
1: Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, he can stay up late. That's the that's the power. Right. There's no like oh, I got I get to bed. I got to work in the morning. It's none of that.
0: I got some stuff I got to work on. I'll get enough sleep. Don't worry about it. it Inda O'Driscoll can point at anyone and silence them. Literally. Yes.
1: Just, just so it's a sound thing. Just be quiet. I feel like we've done that before.
0: That's that's. But I also have fantasies about that. Very necessary power. We need, yeah. we need more people in the world who can point and silence them. Now, not forever. They are you know, once they leave the, the, uh, the presence of Inda O'Driscoll, mm-hmm. they they can make noise again. Okay. Um, so, for instance, just picking a random uh, a random uh, hypothetical situation, if at four in the morning somebody outside your apartment building decided to shoot off fireworks. You could look out the window at a point and silence it all. No, so we're not silencing people. We're silencing everything. Everything. Everything they're doing makes no noise. Hmm.
1: They, are the, they are silent. Do you get the sense that neither of us feel as rested <laughs> as we <laughs> as wish we, we, we were?
0: Motherfuckers.
1: O'Driscoll is, the, is the, the name of the bad guy gang in Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. I've oh, never seen it.
0: Oh, oh, o oh, driscolls
1: Yeah. You know what O oh means? It means of. Of Driscoll. There you go. <laughs> They're in The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Viren Patel, uh, mm-hmm. another excellent name. If Viren Patel was ever elected,
0: mm-hmm. he would make the best president. So his power is... To be the best uh, president. Excellent leadership.
1: No, no. Specifically in the office of the president of the United States of America. What if he's not
0: an American? And then it's a waste of a power. But if... So some, he couldn't be the president of General Motors. they has to be I'm I not mean,
1: I'm not saying he'd be bad at it. He'd probably be very good at it. But the best purpose, the 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 pinnacle, if that person was to get into office through mm-hmm. some combination of luck and hotsba brass, hard work, and 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 honestly, Bob. providence. However, mm-hmm. it took, they would they would be the best president ever. And they would make those changes that would unite everybody, not unlike Bill and Ted.
0: I believe the, the, whole, the whole point of the new movie is they never actually do it. I thought they did at the end. Well, I think the point of the movie is that they, um, they uh, haven't yet done it as they're in their 50s. Oh, okay. Like, you guys need to get, get on this. I, I, I touched my phone with my foot and turned on Siri. Um, <laughs> Jason Smith... I'm sorry, Jason. It's not as, as – this has been a whole show of great names, but Jason Smith sounds like an alias. Jason Smith. <laughs> so you know how um, Mary Poppins has a magic bag? Mm-hmm. Jason Smith has a magic jacket, and he can open that jacket and pull out anything you need. Is it a? Is it still a, a slim, nice-fitting jacket? Yeah, it looks great. It's just that he,
1: he reaches in like an inside pocket and pulls out a lamp. So it's not like my problem I have now where anytime I put my phone in any of my pockets, it, it looks like I'm smuggling something.
0: No, no. It looks great. The lines are all clean. Whoa. You can't tell there's anything in there, but there could be a Buick if that's what's needed in that situation. It's the it's the Doctor Who phone box of
1: jackets. Okay. Right. Magic jacket. Let me ask you this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is the jacket contemporary or is it like a timeless style? Because It's a classic
0: because he's got to be able to wear it all okay. the time.
1: Yeah. Because that is tricky. Because nope. I have jackets yeah. that 10 years ago I loved and now I, oh, I can't wear that out. I'm also, it doesn't fit, but still.
0: <laughs> That's it also always fits him. That's why it's magic. It, oh, okay. it, it always fits perfectly and it has things in it. whatever he, Whatever's needed at that moment. That's not bad. I take Except for that. currency. It's, I'm going to assume it's breathable. Yeah. Water
1: resistant. Those kinds of
0: things that I also look for in a jacket. And, you know, it's always clean. He can't take it to the dry cleaners because that oh, was no. the one time the dry cleaner fell into his jacket. Yeah. And, and uh, never, never seen again. A car fell out. <laughs> Went to check if there was anything in the pockets
1: and got lost in a time loop.
0: Those are the people who we thank this week for patreon.com slash FM. we gave it the $5 high level. If you want your own superpower on the show, you can join up and do that. We are um, on pace to finish out this year with all those patrons. Oh, obviously, obviously not, the, not the new ones, but... Uh, The old one. so we thank everyone who's done that so we are we are we are starting to go long i think we need to keep this reined in
1: um let's let's you want to do the second question and then we'll save the other one for next time you want to do the second question but keep it reined in i see what you're saying should we well we're not gonna have less time in the future Let's just do it. Okay. Scott said, I would love to get your take on the evolution of the comics media press over the last 15 years. It's such a nutty landscape, and I'm sure that you have thoughts and insights that would be entertaining. What do you miss? What would you like to see change? Just generally, what has been your experience as part of the comics media?
0: <sighs> you, wanted to, you wanted to end short. Um, there's a lot there. Okay, we, well, uh, so
1: so the so just not everybody listing was necessarily around for the whole thing. That's what I mean. Yeah, we should start there. Uh, we we started our website forever ago as a place to just talk about comics because we the were two thousand. We had an email list with people, and we thought oh, we should turn this into a website because back then that was a novel idea. And um, over time, we grew it into. We would just post things we liked, basically, and nobody really read it or looked at it, and it was it was like two people who would come, and we just did it for our own fun. Um, when we started the podcast in 2005, late 2005, uh, people started showing up, and then we began the earnest work of turning it into – I wouldn't say it was a news site. I think we did some things that were like
0: – It news. was news and opinion. It was a community – Comics culture I – mean- yeah, it was not It was a news site. We definitely posted yeah. the news, talked about the news, but it wasn't strictly – like the way things are now It's very different than what – no, there's nothing out there now that does what we did.
1: No. Uh, but over that time, you know, we we came up with a lot of ideas about how we thought a comic book website should be.
0: But also yeah. we, you know, through that work became quote-unquote legitimate members of the comics media. We yes. It was for however many years of Josh and I's full-time job, five years? Yeah, yeah. Um, five years. I would hesitate to call we don't comics like journalism media anything more than media. It's not journalism. There are no comics journalists, in my opinion. Um, uh, it's entertainment media. You know, it's mostly yes. it's it's like Entertainment Tonight for those of you who are old enough to remember that show when it was relevant. Um, it's Entertainment Weekly. It's uh, it's discussing things that you're excited, And enthusiastic about, and occasionally falling backwards into something that you might skirt on the edge of journalism, but mostly it's not that. And yeah, we didn't... And, un- and not just us, but everybody. And we didn't
1: operate under the auspices of being journalists. So we did follow some of those sort of tenets, you know, because of our own sense of right and wrong or, you know, whatever yeah. it was. Um, but at the same time, we also did see what was happening all around us. And I think that the interesting thing is what has happened since we stopped doing it. When did we stop doing it? 12?
0: 2013 was when we stopped 13. the website.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were trying to pay people for a while. We lo- we were, and it wasn't we a lot. We were paying people. We care. were paying people. It wasn't a ton, but it was important for us to be able to do that when we could. Um, and uh, once we lost the ability to do that, we just couldn't keep it up. Well, and once
0: we, It was that plus the time. Yes. We, we had to go back to day jobs. Yeah. We couldn't continue the site as we had done it for the last five years. We would have taken a step down, and we didn't want to do that. so well, we just didn't have the time with our day jobs, so uh, we scaled back to just the podcast. But – yeah i mean i don't we we talked about this before i don't really go i go to like a couple of sites occasionally just to see if anything important's happening but i don't really like go to C- cbr or or anymore and so i don't really have a sense a good sense of what they're doing ComicBook.com. Our our buddy jim runs that uh it seems like most people now are chasing page views as they as they should yes. be that's their business model but it's about, and we learned this doing it ourselves. The most popular content was always the movie and TV content. It was never the comics content. We, yeah. we would post a story about uh, some really great indie book we loved, and it would get five less than ten percent of the page views that a movie still of a character from an upcoming movie would get. Um, and engagement and all of that stuff that happened,
1: and we saw that happening. And and you know, I was always did, did like, love it. Yeah, but I was like, I hate talking about this stuff. But we did it because we had to for a certain to a recaps, certain extent.
0: I hate doing recaps, and
1: and we would do. You know, we had guys who we had out doing really good interviews with people, written interviews. Nobody read
0: them. Yeah, nobody um, reads written interviews. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, I'm not complaining about the audience. The audience won't what the audience likes. And yes. What we found was the audience wants to see a uh, movie, a photograph of a character in costume on a set of a film, rather than they want to read an interview with like. Uh, Jeff Smith or mm-hmm. you know um somebody else who's great even somebody like you know Scott Snyder we didn't interview Scott Snyder and, and, and you know doesn't do as well as as here's the late, first look at Wolverine. Yeah. you know uh, A- and that and was tough. You know, the internal joke was movie stills. What is that time yeah. we did with movie stills because that's what paid the bills and uh, that's what people liked too. That's that's another thing. And we would get we would get comic people complain to us like why aren't you covering this or why you know it's like uh, you know, I'd love to, but we, you know. If a tree falls in the forest. We're a business here. We, we we are paying ourselves and people. And we had to juggle what we thought we want, should cover with what we had to cover to pay the bills. So mm-hmm. that's why you still got things that didn't get a lot of page views because we, we thought they were important. We, they were in our interest range. But, so uh, if you play that out, um,
1: the overall availability of a comic book market – People who are going to come to read your site about comic books, not that big. No yeah. one's going to get rich from that. People, New York Times can't, you know, you, like on a very large scale, all around media is having a hard time with this. So you can imagine for a smaller site. So the idea of real journalists yes, being paid a livable true. wage in comics is laughable. It, yeah. it's, we, you may as well try to invent
0: uh, uh, human flight and it's, invisibility. It's- it's, it's it's fan press. It's, it's you know you do it because right. you love it, but not because I mean. So the only people who are going to get really
1: good at it are going to be people who are super super committed, don't care if they're going to make any money, and really do care, and are also intelligent and capable. And there are a few of those people, but they're not Maureened out. I, that's not the. I was trying to think about like a.
0: You're like not going to create a professional comics press. It just it's just. I mean it's. There was a little time where it might, but. <laughs> It's you not. you only get that when they do work for big big outlets, like Graham McMillan writes for The Hollywood Reporter, I think or variety. At one point. he's, he's right. he keeps bouncing around but those, those kind of people who are freelancing for bigger outlets who cover comic culture because it's tied into Hollywood culture, and really then they're only really covering whatever it is that ties into Hollywood. And you're not going to get like a website where people are making a living wage, and which actually we're making worth not a living wage for five years <laughs> um you're not going to get that. There just isn't revenue in it. There's not enough revenue for most people making comics, and there's not enough revenue for that's the good. people yeah, talking, that's talking about true. making the comics. And then you also know? there's
1: no way to – so in that time since then, um, I would say I was gonna say it's gotten worse, but it's just tended to keep following those trends. So the things that we didn't really want to do that we kind of had to, that has all been amplified and the other stuff has been left back. But then the, the other side of it for me, and I, I think for you too, like – I don't find that I need any of that stuff. It does not enhance my comic book reading. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 comic, the the stories about what is coming up, what's the thing that's... So I never know in a given week. I don't know what a thing is going to be until I read it that week usually, and I prefer that. I don't need yeah. all the extra stuff. If for some reason I like something and I read it, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to... I might want to hear what that person has to say, I guess, about it. I would probably just reach out to them and try to get them on the show myself. And because of doing that, I, I mean, that's a different position than most people. I
0: mean, you're doing, you're doing your media work on your talks Yeah. Which is, that's legitimate, you know, comics media stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, you know, I look, you, I sort of look back on it with fondness and and there are things I miss. And I, I liked that culture we had created. I liked the family we had at iFanboy, the people yeah. who worked there and the people who figured the site. Like, I do miss that aspect of it. I miss getting a Jimsky column on Sunday night and reading it before it came out because he always had interesting things to say. And I miss getting a you know, seeing what Paul, whatever Paul's demented mind came up with and and Timmy, you know, his humor stuff. Like I missed that whole group we had. Yeah. It was a good group. Um it was a fun time of my life. You know, we were we were still relatively young and care carefree some for the most part. So it was, you know, nostalgia wise, it's pretty strong. But like, do I want to sit around and grind out a rewritten press release and have eighteen people come tell us how stupid we are in the comments. Not really. I mean, it was it was also <laughs> a mentally tax. It was mentally taxing. Sure. Uh, also. Yeah, so. it totally was. And and
1: yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention anymore. It just it doesn't do anything for me in that way. And also, I mean, this is one of those things like like I said, uh, it takes a really long time to sort of get past the ment- mentality of being. Really fanish around things. Like I've tried to listen to other interview podcasts, and it's it's a little Chris Farley show, if I can use yeah. a very old. Like people are We've like, I've always oh, I'm tried t- to be fair and and on treat treat comics as any other art artistic Yeah, than that. and 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 I'm I I think Con and I are both over the. Oh wow! We're getting to talk to so We're getting to do you know, like like let's talk about the work, and that's all that I think at the end of all that. That was all that's important. Like what what's what's great about the work? You know that we both of us have always said the thing that we got out of most of it, the thing that we're proudest of, the thing that we're happy is like where we really gained an appreciation of comic book art, and I mean art overall, the whole thing.
0: And that was always sort of the unspoken ethos of the website too. I mean, if, if something big happened. In the world of comics, we co- we obviously covered it, but like we we tried to keep our focus on the work and the page. What was happening in the page, not who got fired or or some scandal. Unless again, unless it was a really big deal, mm-hmm. we tried to really focus on the page, the art in the page, and, and not the uh, the stuff in the background.
1: And then, if that stuff did happen, we would try to focus on what effect that would have on the work. Like, what does that mean for you, the reader? Right, because everything else is just speculation. That's speculation.
0: It's a lot of speculation. I don't envy anyone now. having ever never run a website like that. It's just it's not. It's got to. It's it's got to be soul crushing. I bit. do.
1: I do still get really defensive though, when I see pros specifically, uh, bemoaning the state of comics journalism as if that was yeah. ever really a thing.
0: Right, and it's not. There's it's, there's no. I got. <laughs> We were on some panel and someone they got mad at me because I was like there, someone asked about comics journalism, I'll like, and I said there is no comics journalism. And if, it, <laughs> if there is, it happens by accident. And <laughs> all the people on the panel who thought consider themselves comics journalists got really mad at me. I listen, I you can get mad at me if you want. I come from a family who all worked in newspapers their entire lives. There's no one actually like that in comics. No, um, because there's no support system for it. And that's the end yeah. that's the real answer.
1: So, I think I take that I
0: take that very seriously. Yeah. Um and there's nothing wrong with being in in the media as opposed to being a journalist. There's nothing wrong with covering. People need entertainment. It's not. There's no. There's no shame in being an entertainment reporter or entertainment writer. It's people need <laughs> to relax and not worry about everything all the time. So it's good that they have entertainment, and it's good they have people who are talking about it or analyzing it or alerting them to things. Like that's all valuable in society. Helping you appreciate your entertainment. It. You're just not going to win a Pulitzer for covering comics. No. That's fine. You're not going to win a Pulitzer for covering. You know, TV shows most for the most part. All right, so there you
1: go. We went on longer than we even should have. Um, I thought it was a good question, though. We haven't really talked about it. In that a was long. a good question. Write uh, yes. to us at contact.ifanboy.com at for more of those questions. Uh, thanks, Scott, for sending that one in. Um, I think he actually approached me on Twitter, and I was like, "Send the email. We're not, t- we're not doing
0: we that." We don't yet. answer questions on like those kind of questions on Twitter or Facebook or, or wherever Instagram. Yep, you got to email them in.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, coming up or out now. Uh, is uh, Tom King Talkspload I talked about. Um, I think it's safe to say this was a big deal for people. Yeah, it's one of our most popular ones ever. Yep, um, and people have, I've gotten a ton of great feedback, um, and uh, obviously I had a really good time doing it, so um, I will have to bring him back someday, clearly. Uh, there was the Bookspload I talked about earlier, Daredevil Born Again, <laughs> a, a religious experience of sorts for us. <laughs> um, uh, there's an X-Men Dark Phoenix show, Uh, You know, we want to talk about—I don't know what journalism is,
0: but it's work. Um, And then uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, which I wish I could have been on, but um, right behind this show. And that was Paul and I. Paul and I did the last two movie shows. Yeah, it's a bummer Uh, you weren't able to, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, Uh,
1: um, I liked it. There you go. There's my spoiler.
0: I liked it a lot. It was a good time. Um, What's up next? So coming soon, some special edition shows. Booksplode this month. We'll be doing Planetary Book Two, as we just as I announced last week. We're closing the loop. Josh has never actually finished the series, so this will be a fun, interesting thing to talk about. Um, and then, as I, as I said last week, we have penciled in the rest of the year's book but those are all subject to change, um, That which is why we're not going to tell you what they are. But um, we have an idea of what we want to do. But that could change. Also, in August, you'll get a Batman Hush animated brain trust discussion of the next. <laughs> I DC. got really scared. I was like, are you going to make me read Hush? Oh, good. No, it's <laughs> August. They can't be. <laughs>
1: I thought about proposing that for a book split and I thought, oh, you know,
0: you probably would be too oh, grumpy good. about it. I would love to talk about how I don't get Jim Lee again. <laughs> so that's coming out in August. And then as we talked also about last week, uh, the next special edition show won't be until uh, – the next special movie show won't be until later in the year with Joker. But we'll, we'll be around about other stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where should they go? Where can you head over and find all those shows? iFanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can even find a lot of the old writing we just talked about. Some of the formatting might be fucked up because we changed servers and it really messed up some of the old articles. But you can find years and years and years of written content there. Go back and – it's a its a real fun time capsule of fandom and the, what was happening in comics at the time. You can find uh, just hours. You couldn't read it all. That's how much content there is at iFanboy.com. You can also find what The Pick the Week is where the show comes out by liking Facebook.com slash fanboy. And follow at iFanboy on Twitter. And also follow at Comics on Instagram. That's where you can find the Best of the Week in Panels feature. And at Comic-Con in a few weeks, I'll be there. And I'll be putting a lot of pictures and videos up on there as well. So if you want to check all that out, Fanboy Comics on Instagram... Individually, we are at J. Flanagan, Twitter, Instagram, at C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. If you like this show,
1: you can write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that does pod, uh, podcast reviews or things like that. But I know that's the one place you can do them. Oh, you can leave your star rating on there as well. Or you can just tell people about it. Uh, us telling you to tell people about it has led to more people telling other people about it. That's what I've noticed. So, You'll have to hear me keep saying that. But that's how it works. And that works for our show or any show that you like. So I've been listening to Turned Out a Punk, which is uh, an interview podcast with uh, punk folk. And I, I dig that a lot. Uh, see? That was your review. <laughs> Better. <laughs> I told my friends about it. All the thousands of you. Um, and that is it. That's what we got. We went over. We do it. We can't. It's my, that, that one was my fault. It was your fault. Well, that's
0: I fine. I know. You're, s- you're going to pay for it now. I know. I'm sorry. All right. So <laughs> until next week. Yeah, I'm on next week. Till next week, I'm Connor.